0: Hello, everyone. I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 214 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you all for being here with me today. I know we've been through a lot of episodes. If you're new, welcome. Thank you for being here. Um, Go back and watch all the other ones. They're a lot of fun. Or listen to them if you're on iTunes. So this hand is from a $10,000 buy-in final table that I played. It was the Party Poker Caribbean tournament last year. And here we're playing when everyone folds to me in the cutoff. So, I get King-8 offsuit and decide to raise. This is actually an interesting spot because I was one of the bigger stacks. Directly to my left was Sam Greenwood, a very good player, who I believe had about as many chips as me, maybe a little bit less. And then the small blind had about 20 big blinds, and the big blind only had 11 big blinds. So, I decided to raise the King-8, and I think that this is fine, assuming I think... Sam's not going to mess around, which, you know, he is in position, but he is a little bit shorter than me, so he can't go crazy. And the player with 20 big blinds in the small blind also can't get too crazy because there's a 10 big blind or 11 big blind stack in the big blind. So I thought the two players to my left would be a little bit handcuffed. Um, Maybe not Sam necessarily, but I still thought I could justify raising a little bit wider than normal, and, you know, King 8 is not a good hand. But I think King 10 is definitely a raise. King 9 is probably a raise, so King 8 sort of on the cusp. And I would rather raise with a blocker, uh, the king, than a hand like 7 4 suited that does not have a blocker because post slot playability doesn't really matter so much when I expect to either get jammed on by the small blind or the big blind or um, they're just going to fold a lot of the time. So I made it 450k. If you saw the previous episode of Weekly Poker Hand, I made it 500k. That is because I was raising into deeper stacks in the blinds and you want to typically give them a worse price. Because as you make it a little bit bigger, and they call a lot, then they're going to check fold, they are going to be losing an extra you know, half a big blind, as opposed to if I was to min-raise. Here, I want to make it a small raise, because I think I'm either going to get jammed on or folds a lot of the time. So anyway, I raise the king 8. Sam Greenwood, he gets pocket aces on the button. And this is really the point of this episode, Should he call or should he re-raise? Well, clearly, he wants to re-raise against me. And if the stacks were very deep, I definitely think he should re-raise. However, he has two players in the blinds who can now very easily shove with most of their playable range, thinking that maybe Sam's just calling with a hand like 10-9 suited, trying to flop well, or pocket fours, trying to flop well against me. Um, This is a really, really nice spot to call, because also notice if I have a good hand, and one of the players in the blinds shoves. Well, now I'm going to call. I'm going to put in, you know, their 20 or 10 big blind stacks. And then that allows Sam to re-raise small, rope me in again. And next thing you know, I'm playing a 10 million chip pot out of position with some garbage. <laughs> so, or yeah, something like that. It'd be a very, very big pot. So I like this call a lot by Sam. Now it folds around to LeFrancois and the small blind with his 20 big blind stack with 10 nine of clubs. I think this is a very reasonable shoving spot, especially if he thinks he has fold equity, and he does for 20 big blinds. But he elects to just call, probably fearing the fact that Sam Greenwood could just be trapping. Also, I could just have a good hand. I'm allowed to have a good hand sometimes. And um, if he happens to call, and then Sondheimer in the big blind shoves, and we both fold, um, me and Greenwood then now let walk can make a you know, reluctant call with the 10-9 of clubs because then he'll have to put in eight big blinds or nine big blinds to try to win um, the 11 big blind all-in plus the two and a half, or 2.25 and 2.25 raise and call. So that is um, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 15 big blinds plus the extra big blind ante. That's like 16 big blinds. So he has to put in nine to win a total of 25. And he'll probably win often enough with the 10-9 of clubs to justify that. So, I like calling in his spot. I also do think shoving is reasonable if he thinks that Greenwood is not capable of trapping, but clearly here, Greenwood has aces. So, not quite a good spot. Gets around to the big one. He has king-queen offsuit. And I think it's a pretty easy all-in as well. Now, in his shoes, if he shoves and two of the three players fold, think about what he's looking at, right? Now, he has to put in... 11 big blinds. And if he gets called, the pot's going to be the 11 plus the call that's 22 plus about 5 dead big blinds. So he's putting in 11 to potentially win 27. So he needs to win he has he needs to have about 40% equity as well, and he will. Now, of course, I understand there are payout jumps. He needs to be a little bit more than that because um, you don't want to be the next one broke because he loses the future potential to win any chips. But I definitely think this is a spot where he needs to shove And um, that is what he does. Clearly, when you get called when you have king-queen or ace-ten or ten-nine-of-clubs, you're not happy, but you do have a little bit of fold equity. When you have the king-queen, you don't have nearly as much because, you know, pot odds exist. But I do think it's still going to be fine to fold—or to shove. So I folded my king-eight immediately. You do not need to sit there and um, hem and haw over it. We're not Hollywooding for TV or anything like that. I don't need my TV time. I want to move this tournament along as fast as I can. And and play some hands. So Greenwood thinks for a while, re-raises all in, which I don't think it matters if he re-raises or calls here, because um Lefrancois in the small blind only has 20 big blinds, so clearly if you put in 10, you're you're never folding. So I like the shove. And he's gonna get it in against the King Queen. So notice though that if Greenwood or if I raise and then Greenwood three-bet me, now the 10-9 suited folds, the King Queen folds. And I fold. And then Greenwood wins almost no money. As played though, now he gets it all in for 10 big blinds, sometimes for 20 when the big blind are sh- small blind shops. And even if it d- does go raise, call, 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 he's going to be in position with aces. A lot of people think oh man, I really don't want to be seeing the flop three or four ways with only pocket aces because maybe you're going to get outdrawn. You have to realize sometimes you are going to get outdrawn. That a okay. A-OK. You're not always going to win, and that's something you must accept. However, Sam Greenwood's trying to maximize his equity, and that means you have to take some risks. A lot of people ask me on a very regular basis, I seem to get deep in tournaments, but I never have a lot of chips. Why is that? It's because you're probably playing too tightly, and because you're playing too tightly, you're not maximizing your value with your very good hands. Greenwood here clearly got full value, because if he played it any other way by... 3-betting, primarily, is just going to go fold, 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 and he wins nothing. Instead, he won 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. He won 16 big blinds in that hand. So would you rather win one, two, three, four big blinds, or would you rather win 16? Clearly, he takes on some risk by trying to win 16, but he did, and it worked out well. So that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you all for being here. Again, share this podcast with your friends. That would be very, very beneficial for me. Um, good luck in your games.